Hi, I'm Reverend Carol Saunders, host of The Spiritual Forum. I'm here with a lot of interesting people who are consciously walking the spiritual path, experiencing and expressing the divine in unique ways and through unique lenses. Everyone here has wisdom to share and an interesting story to tell, all to inspire you on your spiritual path. Welcome to The Forum. Welcome, everyone, to the Spiritual Forum. I'm so glad you're here. Like every week, I know you have a choice, and I'm glad you're picking this Spiritual Forum podcast to listen to. It's a message of hope and inspiration, and just inspiring you to live spiritually on your path and listen to all sorts of different experiences of God, the divine, of of awakening, of um, healing, all of that. And today, I think my guest is going to be telling us his very inspiring story. Before we get to that, I just want to let you know that I am sending a survey out. It'll be posted on the website, thespiritualform.org. Would love to hear your thoughts about this podcast and um, also appreciate anybody who rates, reviews, and donates to the Spiritual Forum podcast. So here's the run-up about my guest. This January of 2023 marks the 20th year after Vincent Tolman was found dead and miraculously came back to life. In his new book, The Light After Death, he shares his true life experience on the other side of death and the lessons he's learned. His book is published by Ascent Publishing, which is owned by best-selling author Richard Paul Evans. So welcome, Vincent, or Vinny, as you told me I could call you. Yeah. Hey, it's my pleasure to be here. I I love uh, these conversations I get to have. Yeah, me too. I just meet the most extraordinary people. I'm really, really interested in hearing about your experience. And I want you to tell about your experience. But before that, I'm wondering, just for the listeners, could you possibly encapsulate your message? Like, just like, what's a what's a short summary of the message you have? And then we'll get into your story. Um, I would encapsulate it to one single sentence. You are far more important to our Father, our Creator, our Source, than you could ever comprehend. Thank you for that. I love that. And I really absolutely agree. We have no idea how amazing we are and just the potential that we hold and how we've been created. So I look forward to hearing more about that. So let's let's go to your story and and what what happened to you actually physically. And then also, you know, what did you see and what did you learn? Well, you know, the the facts are irrefutable, essentially. I was dead. I was found dead. I had aspirated in a, a public bathroom. And uh, I was found a, about 45 minutes to an hour after I died. They, The medics that pronounced me dead had attempted to resuscitate the body, but were not able to do that. They put it in a body bag and and processed the scene, which that took about 35 to 45 minutes on top of the time I was already dead. And then they they took the body to go turn it into the medical examiner. At that point, a rookie paramedic, uh, you know, he's my my savior in the physical realm. He decided to follow instinct that or or divination or intuition that came to him that let him know that I wasn't all the way gone, that there was something there he needed to try to to save. And so he opened that body bag even to the chagrin and the cursing out of his other two veteran medics. They were telling him he was going to get fired for breaking protocol um, and that it was illegal what he was doing, but he did it anyway. He opened that body bag. He began the attempt at resuscitating the body, and he was able to get the heart to come back. Now, uh, the brain didn't come back for three more days because I was brain dead in a coma for three days, but he did get the heart to come back. And that's where 
the beginning of my my experience happens and that's also where the beginning of my return happens because i did leave at that point to go to our home where all of us came from originally um, i got to go see our home where where we were created and where we came from well, that in itself is amazing, and God bless that paramedic, because I just know how hard it is to go against the group, how hard it is to go against rules, how hard it is to go against training, to do something, you know, that out, out of what is normal and face all the things that he could face. He obviously was listening to something beyond his own, I, I guess, his own head, or his, he, I think that's just amazing that he... He was inspired to do that and overcame <laughs> overcame all of that so that so that the story can continue. Okay, so I knew that from your story that you had been, you know, technically dead for, you know, whatever, 60 minutes, 45 minutes. But the fact that you're saying you were brain dead for three days, that is pretty incredible. That is crazy. So let's talk about your journey. What happened in those three days? Yeah, and, and during those three days, I essentially um I did, I left. I I met this guide, uh, you know, as I, I saw all of this turmoil going on on the body, because I was watching everything happen from above, just like just like everybody else that has these experiences. We are all watching from above, just so you know. And I'm sitting there watching everything happen. I saw them bring the body, the heart back. I saw them transfer the body into the hospital uh, so it could get the the necessary treatments to bring the rest of the body and the organs back. As this was all going on, I felt like that looked horrible. And so I turned away from it and I turned towards this warmth and this love that was just pouring on me from behind. So I turned around to see what that was. And I saw this gentleman there and he was all dressed in white, like literally all dressed in white. He looked like he was wearing kind of a white suit, white shirt, white, white everything. And then he had like a, a, a stole or a kind of a robe thing over his shoulders and and I'm looking at him, he has long white hair, he has a long white beard. And so my first thought was, oh, you're God. And he he smiled and he kind of chuckled. And he's like, no, son, I'm not God. Um, I'm your guide. I'm here to help you go wherever you want to go. I can help you go back to your body or I can help you go um, to your home, to where we where I come from and where you come from. And I said, well, yeah, I want to go with you because I, even to to think or to look back there at the body, it just looked painful. It really did. I mean, every the body was going through seizures at the time. In fact, I was hyperfracturing all my molars every time I was doing those seizures. So um, that was not a good, pleasant thing. And I didn't want that. I wanted to go with him. I wanted more of this, this pure, unconditional love that he was just pouring out of him. It, it was almost like his essence was just pouring out of him and it was just cleansing me every second that i was in his presence i was being cleansed cleansed of the the traumas and the abuses that i had received and and not just that the traumas and the abuses that i had inflicted on others so it was i was cleaning all of who i was just being in my in his presence and and you know later i've learned that that was definitely god's love and that was the presence of god there our creator coming through that loving energy. And that's what made it possible for my guide. Um, his name was Drake to help me do what I, I needed to do. So he took me on this journey. He let me understand that we weren't going to go uh, just from, from earth to heaven. We had to really raise our dimension or raise our frequency um, of love. And as we could raise that frequency of love, 
we could get closer and closer and closer to heaven till we were actually matching the frequency of love of heaven. And then we could actually go into heaven. So it's not just this, you can't just hop in a spaceship and go to heaven. It's not possible. You have to go into this, this essential tube of light or channel of light where you can safely raise your frequency to that love frequency where you can match heaven's frequency of love. And then you can get in. Because if you took someone human or, or even the human energy here and just brought it there, it would just be torn all apart because it's such a, a high vibrational um, um, essence or energy of love there. And it, it, it's just like if you took um, a tuning fork that's, that's vibrating at a very high frequency and you put it against something that can't vibrate that high, it'll shatter that thing like it shatters glasses and, and that kind of thing. So it, it's, a, you know, I had to learn that this was going to be a an energetic journey, not just a fit, physical journey, but also an enlightenment journey. I had to learn a lot uh, for me to even just get to heaven. So that began my process of of learning and traveling and journeying with my guide, Drake. So well, I love his name. <laughs> not what I expected. But uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you you talk about this kind of cleansing process or healing process of so, so that was the process that it sounds like whatever that was to help you raise your your frequency is that correct it was yeah absolutely it kind of peeled away the the layers of of what had been I, I call it he cleaned the dirt off of me the dirt that the world had put on me and the dirt that I had put on the world. Um, he was able to help clean that dirt off of me so we could begin our journey. So I'm curious, was there any pain associated with that? There wasn't. There was pain associated right before that, though. So as I was watching everything going on with the body, as weird as it is to say, I didn't know I was watching my own body. Mm. Even though I was, I didn't, I didn't think I was because me was up here above everything, looking at everything. So it, it didn't make sense that that was my body down there. I I thought it was a body and it, it kind of looked like me, but it didn't, but it wasn't me because me was up here. And not until they actually started to restrain the body in the hospital and is in full seizure, I actually felt them restraining me where I was. I looked down to where my arm would be and actually saw the arm of the body being restrained by this leg strap. And and I was and it 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 was like this aha moment that this whole thing I'd been witnessing for hours was my own death, my own crossing over. And that was the painful part. All of a sudden, all these fear, all these fearful thoughts came in. And I, I actually heard my own voice saying, you idiot, how could you not know you were watching your own death this whole time? How could you not know that? How could you be so dumb? And I, I was thinking that. And as I was thinking that, I actually started to see um, this mini life review. It's not like this long thing, but it was very quick. But it, I could very, very distinctly feel and see and sense every bad thing I ever did in my life. And not just that, I could see it from the perspective of those who I'd done it to, how it affected them. And, and that's when I was just, I was, it felt like I was spiraling like a plane going down, like crashing. And that's when this warmth started to overtake me from behind. But I didn't immediately turn around. That warmth just started to change how I was thinking my consciousness, how it was thinking. And I started to think about the good things that I did do in life. And I, I got to see the good things I did from my perspective, but also the perspective of those I helped. But what was really neat is I got to see the butterfly effect of all the good things I did, how, 
how the, they impacted others and others impacted others. And I got to see the, the real blessing of my life in, in this world and how I did far more good than I could have done bad. But it, but it wasn't about that. It was about understanding that there was good there and seeing that there was good there. And then I started to feel the, the loving feeling that, see, you are valuable. You are important. And that's when I realized that that message was coming from behind me. And so I turned to see it. And here's this, this God-like figure that, that he calls himself Drake. And he's my guy, you know, my guide to help me uh, get up to heaven. Did you get a sense, or is it too early to ask, like, what, what is the, the life on earth about? Like, why are we here? What are we doing here? What's our purpose? You know, that was, so I had to, I had to embody these 10 major principles for me just, just to get into heaven. And that was one of them. So understanding the purpose of life was a, a vitally important part of this process. I had to understand why we're here and what we're doing here. And, and one of the primary purposes that we're here is to understand why we came here. Um, so if you rewind the eternities back to when we were all living with the creator, uh, when we were all around the creator, anything the creator wanted, anything God wanted, we also wanted. So we were in such synchronization with love for our God, for our creator, that anything creator wanted, we wanted. And so we didn't have a distinct free choice yet because we were we love our creator, our father so much. So we had to step away. We had to step down. We had to fall away from God to this, this low, you know, earthly dimension, this low dimension to forget who God is and to be so far from God that we couldn't even remember that love that we have for God. So in doing so, we now are not leveraged by that love. That love's protecting us because that love completely surrounds this whole system of our life here. But we're not allowed to remember it so that we can truly make our own decisions. And that's so important to our, our creator that we're allowed to make decisions and have agency and, and use our thoughts to create. And that was another principle that we all have the power of creation and, the, and that works in hand of why we're here. We are here so that we can exercise those, those free choice muscles. And in doing so, we are better um, showing our creator who we are and what we can do. And that's what this is all about. Life is a classroom. Never has it been a courtroom. Never. I completely it's always agree. Been a classroom. Yeah. <laughs> I completely agree. And I'm a unity minister. That's very, very consistent with what I would teach as well, although I haven't had the same direct experience as you've had. Uh, but the idea that, so this is really free will. I mean, you know, it, this is free will. The, That's the why we have to thing. have free will. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like being like if you're in a relationship with somebody and, well, let's just say I'm in a relationship with somebody, but I have them captive and they have to love me because I have, I have they're captured. And, but then it's like, I never really know if they love me. You know, I, I get this. You have to let yeah. them be completely free. And then, and then, you know, the, the love that, that I have for them and they have for me, they would come back on their own. I can completely get this. So that's, mm -hmm. I, I, I see this. And it's also kind of consistent with the message of somebody who I talked to a couple, couple podcasts ago, um, Sean Murphy, he talked about origins philosophy of the restoration of all things, that we were all together with God, and then we all fell away, and we mm -hmm. each are coming back in our own way. Our own way, our own path, yep. And, and the, at, our own, at our own speed. That's, that's important, Okay, too. all right. Yeah. Right, right. You can't, you can't speed up other people's journeys. Mm -mm. 
It needs to be the right the right speed for every single one of us. Okay. Yeah. All right. So so now I do want to kind of get into what's going on in the world now and your perception of that given your experience. But let, let's pick up from your story about you have you had this cleansing to do to get to this higher frequency so that you could enter what you call heaven. Do you want to talk mm -hmm. about that? Yeah. So this as I, I get through this cleansing, I, I learned that part of that cleansing is learning that I have a single um, authentic self inside of all of these paradigms, inside of all of these personas that I had allowed to build up around me. And Drake, he showed me how in life, when we come into this life, we're extremely authentic. And right before we leave this life, we become extremely authentic. So the most authentic people in life are the really young and the really old. And it's sad that it's like that. I wish it was so that we could maintain that authenticity. And he showed it's it's those vulnerable moments and us trying to run away from vulnerability that causes all these fake personalities or fake aspects of who we are to start showing up. And he says that it's in your vulnerable moments that you grow and learn the most, but not just you, everyone around you grows and learns. So it's so important for us to be vulnerable, to allow vulnerability. And it, it's so funny because if the, if we allowed vulnerability truly on, on TikTok, on, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, on all of our social medias in the public sector, if we allowed true vulnerability, we would be living a completely different world right now completely different world. It's the exact opposite. You you dust under the rug any vulnerability. You build up this fake personality of what's important, what's real. And that's what you broadcast out. So essentially, they're, they're broadcasting an energetic house of cards. And eventually, that house of cards collapses. That's why so many people in the public sector or the public eye, they collapse. They have, they have um, major collapses in their life it's because they've they've built such a house of cards that's so unreal and so inauthentic or unauthentic and it's in our authentic nature we can grow and when we are not being authentic we are preventing growth it's it's like taking a picture of a flower the most beautiful flower but just a fake picture of it and put it over a flower like a sock and how how soon are you going to have a flower grow inside that sock that looks like the picture. You'll never, ever, that flower will die. And that's what happens to us. The longer we allow the, the fakeness to be on the outside and the, the inauthentic moments to lead us, then the closer we are allowing ourselves to towards energetic death, towards a complete cutoff or separation from our creator. Um, and, and that's actively happening regularly around us. People are cutting themselves off from reality cutting themselves off from emotion, cutting themselves off from any vulnerability of any kind and living in these false paradigms. So authenticity, and I sorry to go off on that, but that's that's the foundation of where we grow. If we don't have that foundation of, of being authentic and being vulnerably authentic, then we can't grow. And so I was that that was part of what I needed to heal and to recognize that I needed to be my authentic, vulnerable self to be able to begin my journey, just to begin that journey, I had to do that. And, and never once did Drake ask to see what I, I did here, or did there on the world's stage. He, all he wanted to know was what was in this heart, what was in the consciousness, in the, in the core of who I was. And he helped me peel away all these aspects 
there were so many Vinnies. I there were so many different Vinnies that were there at that time. There was a construction Vinny. I had I had worked in TV and film, so there was a TV and film Vinny. There was a um, high school Vinny. There was a go visit mom and dad Vinny. There was go visit my brother Vinny. You know, I had all these different aspects of who I was, and they weren't they weren't authentic. But beneath all that, there was an authentic self. And Drake helped me peel all that away, helped me be who I was, who I really was, and be okay with it. That I was okay with my weaknesses showing, but because I saw my strengths too. Because as you hide your weaknesses, you're also hiding your strength. And that that brought me to the next principle, which was understanding the purpose of life, which we we already covered that. Okay. I want to pause about the vulnerability too, because I completely agree that if we were all vulnerable, what would the world look like? And it it's it's even hard to imagine that's how far we are away from from expressing our our true selves yeah. it's even kind of hard because the 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 world that we've created that our our consciousness our collective consciousness has created a world that that values hiding vulnerability <laughs> it's a mm-hmm. it's a it's a fake construct that we've created so that you know people will hide their vulnerability and yet when you look at the baby who comes in i mean the she or he is just absolutely there. You know, that's that, yeah. that's it, you know, not trying to be anybody else. And <laughs> yeah. I and I agree, the elderly, when they're dying, they're also in a very vulnerable, you know, here I am, Lord, kind of place. Yeah. And yeah, in between we kind of we kind of mess up. So the importance of being vulnerable. And so to to peel off those layers so that you can get down to who Vinny is, um, that that was part of the process of raising your your frequency so you could continue on this journey forward. Okay, so let's talk. So that's a good message for the world now to be vulnerable. And then you said to also to know why we're here. What else? Next was I needed to learn to love everyone. Ah, and and I I kind of jokingly said you mean Hitler, and 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 Drake told me yes, even Hitler, like all the beings on this planet. Who have ever been on this planet, whoever ever will be on this planet, I needed to understand that they are all divine creations of our God, our creator, our source. And that I needed to understand that every single one of those are, are important to the creator. So if they are important to the creator, they need to be important to me. Because me being one of those creations, I need to um, love and respect all beings, all people. And, and I add to that, um, our animal brothers and sisters, our our plant brothers and sisters, our mountains, our trees, you know, all all the beautiful uh, forms of life that we have on this planet are creations of our creator. And so we need to love all of them in all their different forms, the same way you love a tiger, even though it attacks and it kills people even or kills other animals. You still lo- have to love it. You still need to, to learn to love it. You're not going to run up and hug it, but you're going to... <laughs> You're going to learn to love it from a safe distance and, and learn to love the core of what makes that tiger a tiger. And, and that's essentially what it is, is there's lots of different types of us out there. Learn to love the core, the core of creation, the core of that being is our creator. And the, the same way that there's a sliver, a, a, a sliver or a, an energetic DNA of our creator inside of us. And so we need to love that aspect in all beings, mm-hmm. all creations. Yeah. And that was the next thing, yeah. Okay, well, well, and and of course we know one of Jesus' teachings was love one another, love your enemies, love love everyone, um, and love yourself. And I I I just have to 
acknowledge you for bringing forth this loving all of creation as well. And I know that's what you learn in, in your experience, but most people miss that. Our animal, animal brothers and sisters and our plant brothers and sisters, you know, it's not like creation is just like all here for humankind to loot, to use. God created everything with purpose and all of the animals and all of the plants have their own purpose. They have their own expression and they are actually living authentically. <laughs> as themselves. The tiger doesn't try to be a rabbit. The rabbit doesn't try to be a bear. You know, they're just being who they are. They're modeling that for us. And and we, we look down on creation when it's it's I think really we honor the source. We honor God by loving all of creation. So I love that that was part of your journey. So thank you for sharing that. And it's funny too um uh I have friends that are Christian. They say well animals don't have souls and and this and that. And I'm like, well actually you know, um, as Christians, because I do identify as Christian, um, even though I love all religions, I, I identify there. As Christians, we believe one day the lamb will lay down with the lion and all things will be perfect. And I always ask them, I'm like, well, if the lamb's laying down with the lion and all things are perfect, if there is no soul, why are they there, um, you know, laying down next to the lion? And, and also, Where's the space where we're supposed to put our barbecue grills? Because supposedly we're still going to be eating the the animal flesh at this point. <laughs> it's not going to be the case. So the so we have to we have to learn to now. This is no judgment, but we have to learn to lean away from the animal flesh, lean more towards the the energetic love of of finding energy where 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 we can find it in in a God space. Yeah, and you know. For all, all the Christians, you know, I Genesis one twenty nine. God God gave plants for people to eat. It's right there in the Bible that, mm-hmm. and God also said, "Look at my beautiful creation. I want you to take care of it." I mean, it's right there in the Bible. So I don't understand this idea that animals don't have souls. I hope that that everybody kind of evolves to a place where they can see that that. I think uh, that was a an advertising campaign by a barbecue sauce. I think I that's think what it that was, was too. <laughs> I think it was too, and everyone fell for it. You know, their their taste buds overcame you can, their. You can use that love. sauce on vegetables. It's real good. It I is. Promise. It <laughs> is. I am so with you, Vinny. We are we are together. I love that. I love that. That's you, part of your message. Yeah, and, and you know that that brought me to the next aspect of what I had to learn is is that once I started to learn to love everyone and all creation, I had to learn that there was this inner voice in me, and that I needed to learn to connect to that better, and and how to connect to that better, and how to follow that better, and not just how to follow it, but to when I did receive inner voice or or in intuition, whatever you want to call it. When I did receive it, I need to confirm it and say, oh, that was intuition. For sure, that was intuition. That builds and strengthens that relationship with your creator so that you're you're strengthening that cord. It's like an, a silver um, cord of light, an umbilical cord to God that we can receive direct messages um, to help our brothers and sisters of, of human or, or animal or all sorts but also to help ourselves and and in essence to help all of creation. So it's important for us to build and strengthen that intuition so that we can be um, tools in the creator's hand in helping or angels for the creator. Because in essence, we can be human or earth angels for people the way that uh, intuition can direct us and guide us to just reach out to somebody that it doesn't make sense, but we can't get them off our mind reach out to them that they need your you reaching out and you can really change some lives that way and that that was really you know important for me to understand 
I love that. The paramedic that unzipped your your Yes. <laughs> he was if he his, didn't do if he didn't do that, we wouldn't be having we this wouldn't conversation. We wouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> and 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 so he was listening to his intuition. I firmly believe that if we are in tune with our divine nature, we are in tune with who we are and and our relationship with our creator, that we don't need much of anybody telling us what to do. We don't need a lot. We already know, we already know what is the right thing to do. We already know to go left or go right or buy this or go talk to this person. We don't need all of these laws and rules because we already know. And I really look forward to us evolving to that place. Um, maybe this is getting ahead of us, but do you think that your journey to to this place called heaven, where you are um, peeling away these layers and learning these lessons, is this going to apply on earth? Because I, I feel like we are here to bring heaven to earth, that we can manifest we this are. in our mm -hmm. physical world. That's not like this thing that we just have to wait till for after we die. Yeah, I, I saw I saw the cycle of life on this planet, that this planet originated in a higher realm, and it has descended the same way we have. And it's also on its own progress back to that higher realm. And if we don't change, then just like putting a uh, you know something that of a low density or next to that tuning fork, it's going to shatter. We're going to shatter, or our hearts won't keep up, our our brains won't keep up, our circulatory system won't keep up. We're going to have these these health issues that that kind of peel us away from this planet energetically as the planet's already on this trajectory. So it's either um, lose it or you know use it or lose it. We've got to really raise that frequency for ourselves, and and I. Sorry for those who don't can't identify with the term frequency, but we, we need to raise our love. We need to really increase that love energy for us. And as we do, we increase our energy so that as this happens, we match that that energy. So we're we're not gonna um shatter or, or go away in any way, shape, or form, at least. Yeah, in, we in have our to journey. do that here. We have to do that here and now. It's not like we we're do. waiting for we have some... to rise to the occasion mm -hmm. all the time mm -hmm. here. Yep, we yeah. sure do. Okay. Yeah. So what what's next on your journey? So next it was it was quite important to use technology responsibly. Now this this did happen to me back in 2003 and back then there wasn't a ton of technology there was a lot of PCs and dot coms but there wasn't a ton as far as cell phones net yet. Um there was a few social media sites. I remember. Now, <laughs> fast forward um what I was taught makes a, a very big impact on me now even more so than it did then. But I was shown how technology eventually was going to get to a point where it would replace our God. It would replace our creator. We see uh, that happening now, don't we? We do. And and we see people going into the hospitals and, and doctor's offices with neck problems, back problems, because they can't look up from their technology at all, not once, all day long. They walk around staring at it. They lay down staring at it. Everywhere they go, they're staring at it. And and now once, you know, if we cross, which I feel very strongly, we're going to cross that barrier of putting that technology in us. Once we do that, we're done. We're done because then we will be in constant distraction with technology. We'll completely abandon the voice within. We'll completely turn away from that silver thread of God within and we'll turn towards this technology that is within. And that does become the new God. That becomes our God at that point. And, and that's a God that's never going to give you any blessings, ever. Because it doesn't, it doesn't love you. It, you're you're um, a number. You are a consumer. You are a statistic. 
Um, you are not important to that technology. You are a resource to be exploited, to be used, to be cached, and to be traded. That's all that is. So, um, you know, it's it's up to us whether we we cross that bridge or not. And for some of us that do cross that bridge, they're going to be the the ones that swiftly um, peel away from this planet as we do go into that higher trajectory, that higher form. So, using technology responsibly, understanding. Um, the influence of social media, of news, of sports, even of of entertainment, that all of these things can raise or lower our love frequency. And if you say, well, I can watch this show and it's entertainment, it helps me escape life, um, doesn't raise or lower. And and I, I will argue that if you're not sure if it's raising or lowering you, it's 100% lowering you because it's very distinct, the things that that make us feel passion and love and emotion in this life. And it and it's those things we need to seek out. And I don't mean the, the emotions of loss. I mean the emotions of love, like feel that love and passion. Anything that helps you feel that, seek out these things and allow yourself uh, um, access to these things and less of the garbage, less of the drama, the violence, the sex, the, I, I call it the the side road hustle that, you know, when there's there's a side road um, problem, accident, or anything, everybody wants to look. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what all these things are, is they're playing to that lower aspect of who you are. So just the distractions. That, it is. That's, yeah. that's all they've got to do is distract you long yeah. enough. So that, that also leads me to the next principle that I had to learn was to release prejudice, which I thought I wasn't prejudiced at all. I, I was raised in a, a multiracial family. I felt that I had no prejudice and to to race, religion, creed, anything, lifestyle didn't have it, but but yet I did have it. And here's what I had: I was prejudiced against prejudiced people. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and and here I was, here I was, I was joining the prejudice oh, crowd yeah. because because I hated them. Right. I didn't like that they were so small minded or whatever. I was putting all sorts of judgment on them. And what I had to do is I had to realize that it, as I I judged them, I was judging myself. And I needed to release that. I need to let that go and let people be who they are and understand that everybody has their own divine journey. Even someone who is journeying through hatred, that is their own distinct divine journey. Let them have that journey and just be a beacon of love and light for them so that when the time is right, you can help them heal. You can help them reach a higher form of being and come out of that journey of pain, out of that journey of hate. That's how we solve that. We don't solve it with walls and fences and guns and and all these other things. We solve it with love. We solve it with with curing the pain, going to where they became a victim, going to where they were raised, and 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 healing there. That's where you heal that, um, and that's where you heal generational prejudice too. So I it was a completely different way of of you know exercising. Um, my own powers of creation. And that was the next thing I had to learn was that we get to start creating with our thoughts. So if I can think I love that person, no matter how they talk, walk, say, or do, then I can love anything in this world. And if you can love something, you can build it. You can care for it. You can, you can help create a better version of it. So, you know, as we use our thoughts, use our intentions, we can build or we can tear down. It is our choice, and that's the power of creation. And 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 part of that is exercising that power on a regular basis, and in the process, 
avoiding all negative influences. Because if we allow negative influences, then we have negative thoughts, then we create negative things. If we allow positive influences, we have positive thoughts, we create positive things. So positive in, positive out. Negative in, negative out. And it's so funny how people are, they come to me and I help empower them, figure out their purpose and and give them spirit coaching um, or life coaching. And as they do that, they come to me with all this, all these problems they have. And so many of these problems is because they're constantly bombarding their energetic body of who they are with negative influences. And they're looking at this negative plate. How come I have all these all these victims? I'm, I'm a victim. Look how I'm a victim. Look how I'm a victim. Look how I'm a victim. All these things that create a victim. Now, does that mean that we're we're attracting how we become a victim in all situations? Absolutely not. But what it is saying, in an essence, we're inviting some of those in. We are. So we need to do our best at, at choosing, be very specific about what, what influences we allow around us and in us with our social media, with our, our, our entertainment is huge. If we're watching news, which I, I by myself don't watch news, I don't like to. It, to me, it is a dose of negative energy every day. There's very good positive news out there. And, and those little stories you can find, they're surrounded in negative. So, you know, I, I choose to be very conscious about my influences around me. And that, that brings me to understanding the purpose of evil, which that is very important that for us to understand, for God to create a system where we could climb from fear and, and if you want to call it Satan, to God, there has to be a bottom of that ladder. So there is divine purpose, even in having evil in our world, so that we can choose. Because if you remove evil, or let's say you remove the ability to harm people um, greatly, to remove that possibility, you now remove the possibility for growth. And God knew that. God knew that we had to have agency, the ability to make choices. Otherwise, we couldn't grow ourselves. So in doing so, God created this system of love, this protection of love. That as we enter into this world, we forget what's there. But as we exit this world, that love cleanses us. It removes these traumas that happen to us so fast and so quickly as we embrace that love. It removes all of these things that the world can put on us. And knowing that that love is there, it makes us feel a lot better about the the harm that is going on on this planet. Do you have a sense of um, what the purpose is for some people who have experienced just uh, and so such difficult trauma, others do not. And is is that is that? Did you find anything? Any revelation it, about that? I call it fast tracking um, for for the eternal soul. It's like a fast track to a higher realm to suffer. It is. Um, you look at how a sword is made, and the sword that is put in the furnace and pounded the most and and hardened the most by multiple times in the furnace and heating and tempering and pounding and shaping and sharpening. The the most expensive swords out there are the ones that received the hardest treatment. And But look at the end result. Look at how valuable and and precious these, these creations are. And that's us. We are the sword. So sometimes we do hate the blacksmith when we're being made. But later when the, the battles of life come and we realize, wow, I have a sharp edge. I have a protection that these other swords don't. Then we actually start to think and give gratitude to the creator, to the blacksmith mm. for, for pounding that into us. Mm -hmm. 
And, and, you know, again, this is all done within the paradigm of we're not feeling God's love here. But once we get there on that other side and we feel that, that such strong amount of love, it helps peel away a lot of those hard poundings and hardening and tempering that we received in this life. So we, we do have to understand that there is purpose, especially to our suffering. And, and that's what I always, uh, I smile sometimes when I have something happen to me and people are like, why aren't you mad about that? And I'm like, well, I, I don't like that it's happening, but I'm smiling because I know there's a lesson here. And I know that I need to just figure out that lesson is, and the sooner I do that, the less I'm going to have to suffer, the less I'm going to need to suffer. And, and, you know, that, that brought me to my last principle that, that as one of us suffers, we all do suffer. We do. Mm -hmm. And, and, and knowing that we are all one, we are all one in God's body. And the same way that I can have multiple fingers here, but they're all attached to this hand. This is God's hand. This is source. This is creator. This is each one of us. We are all fingers on the hand of the creator. And that for us to hate or harm another is for us to hate or harm ourselves, but also for us to witness the suffering of another. It's for us to witness the suffering of self. So there's some healing to be done there. There's some learning to be done there. There's some understanding and comprehending to be done there. So as we comfort those who suffer, we're comforting ourselves too. So, uh, you know, there's, there's amazing, beautiful bliss in, in really comprehending this and understanding it, that we are all together on this journey, whether we like it or not, we are. And um, whether we go towards the top of that ladder of love, or we just hug the bottom of the ladder, <laughs> you know, in fear, and and we want to call it Satan, then it doesn't matter. We're still on this journey together. And in the end, nobody gets thrown away. Nobody. Because again, this is the classroom. And all you do is you get graded or or you get brought to the level you feel you you achieve in your own right. And it's all it's all again back to agency. We go to the level we get to choose to go to. So that, that's what my takeaway was. And, and essentially, I had a, a, an amazing experience. After I came back from my coma, I was pulled back by the prayers of loved ones. I was literally forced back. I was hearing the prayer of my brother specifically, um, commanding me to come back to my body. And within hours of that prayer, I woke up. And this was three days after my my death and and revival on the third day, um, literally on the third day, <laughs> um, and the third morning, in fact. So I died on a Saturday morning, and and so I died on on January eighteenth, and I woke up on January twenty first. I woke up at one eleven a.m. And those who know, oh, that's wow. a, another another little um, you know beautiful aspect to my my experience. And I'll I'll tell you, after I woke up, I hated being here. I hated it. I hated myself. I hated everything about this world because it was such a, a shadow compared to what's there, our real existence. I wanted to go home. I wanted to go back where I was and where I felt like I was ripped away from. And for a couple of months, I felt that until I met my earth angel, who she's now my wife. And, and right after we met each other, we knew instantly that God put us together. And before we'd even been on a single date, we knew we were going to get married. Um, you know, we got married a few months after meeting each other. And, and right before we got married, she, she prompted me, because she again is my earth angel, to go to this little town in Afton, Wyoming, uh, to see a presentation on the town, um, and to learn more about my family. 
And I had some ancestors that came from this town of Afton in the Star Valley area of Wyoming. And we're sitting there watching this presentation at this high school of the founders of the town and the pioneers and all these people that created this town. And up comes this picture and it's my guide. There's no question. There's no question it's my guide. I knew it was him. The second I saw him, I knew it was him. I couldn't even speak. I started to cry. I couldn't, I couldn't function because now this experience went from uh, maybe it was a delusion. Maybe it was this, maybe it was that too. All of a sudden this was real. This was a real man on earth who lived here. And he was my guide on the other side. Someone I'd never known or seen before in my life. But the weird thing was his name wasn't Drake. His name was Charles. And it said Charles Kazare. And it was so weird because my grandmother was a Kazare. So I, I, I actually went to her and I said, grandmother, tell me about Charles Kazare. And she goes, oh, you mean great grandpa Drake? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and there I started crying again. And I, I got a whole other second confirmation that that his his given name was not the name he went by. He went by his middle name. And that was his middle name. And and I'll tell you, I got multiple confirmations since that this experience was divine for me. And I, I've kept it very sacred to myself for a few years. And then I started sharing it to, to those who were ready, to people I felt prompted to share it to, I would share it to for many years. For for 10 years I did that. And all of a sudden, one day, it came to me so strongly that it was time to start writing this down so that people could walk away with it and carry it with them and 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 use it as a resource to keep coming back and, and connecting to God and connecting to source, connecting to their creator. And that that led me to the process of meeting, you know, Richard Paul Evans, who is my publisher, and, and my co-author, Lynn Taylor. Together, we were able to work this this entire experience that goes way beyond words. And we were able to put it into words and do it justice. Every single time I tried to write it by myself, I would restart every couple of months because I felt I was doing such an injustice. I wasn't doing it right. And I needed the help of of these professional writers to help me, the amateur, to get my, my experience that's larger than life, larger than words can describe, and get it in words that 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 does it justice. And so we did, it took a couple of years and it almost took a year of editing to get it just right. So that I felt it honored my experience and it, it matched my experience. Once we got it there, then God said, here we go. And that was only a few months ago. And, and already it's doing really, really well. And to me, it's not about how well it does to me. It's all about getting in the hands of those who need it. Those, cause there is a lot of lost people right now and it's able to give a beacon of light, some guidance to them. Yeah, and I, yeah. Feel, I feel like there's something to divine timing. It's like it it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have worked in 2005 or 2010. And I, and I, I honestly think that that some of this message that you shared with me about technology, there's so there's <laughs> so much going on now about technology. <laughs> it's so is. important. There's so much going on about you know open-minded people who hate closed-minded people. You know, there's so much going on about victimization and and dividing all of us. And there's so much going on now that I think this message 
really is going to land, you know, very solidly that it might not have landed 10 years ago. I mean, I, I think that, for example, technology, if someone talked to me about technology being something to be concerned about 10, 15 years ago, I would have gone, yeah, that's yeah. probably right. But now it's when like it's so much in my yeah. face. It's like, I can see what's happening with the chips mm -hmm. and the the brains and and all of that and and what people could be choosing and so I, maybe this is also you know God's way of guiding you in the right and perfect time with the right and perfect people uh, to get Absolutely. this message out. I, I feel I agree with you. There's divine timing and all of this. There definitely is because for many many years I was sharing this to big church groups and at the end everyone would say, hey, "When are you going to do a book? I, I need you to do a book." And I would feel like, "Well, I'm not going to do a book. This is too sacred to do a book." And for the longest time, I felt that very strongly. And out of nowhere, it was my own intuition, my own inner guidance. All of a sudden, I woke up, somebody asked me, um, when are you going to do a book? And my, I couldn't give them that answer anymore. I couldn't be authentic with that. So I had to dive into that thought a little bit, like, why can't I just say I'm not going to do a book? And then, then it, it hit me, because you're supposed to do a book that it was just the timing of it, absolutely. And there is divine timing and everything. Yeah, it's really important to know, especially if you have something creative to do, that you can't really push it. Like, you know, you may want to sit down and write, or you might want to sit down and create something now, but if, if that's not the time where it's supposed to be created, you know, you, it's going to feel like you're forcing something and it's going to feel like work. So, it is, yeah. it is, yeah. Oh, gosh, there's so much in your story. I was going to ask you why it took you 20 years, but I already have that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got that one. Check, check that one off the list. <laughs> check that one. Um, I, I think what you had to say about the purpose of evil was also very, very interesting because I also see that people right now are are seeing now maybe you're not but there's I know a lot of people are seeing we're in this battle of good and evil and uh, you know it's it's God against Satan and all of that and others don't see it at all but but I completely agree I think that there's parts that we're playing in this evolution and that whoever's playing out the the lower density parts they're certainly helping people pop out of the lower density into a, a higher higher frequency just by the nature Absolutely. of them being there and had they if they're not doing their work, you know, we could still be stuck here in fear and 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 in kind of a, a darkness. So, you know, I completely agree. We got to bless everybody out there and, and the the part that they're doing in this whole thing that's going on on the planet. Do you sense that right now we're at this edge of evolution, this edge of of awakening to something big? I do. I I've felt now for years now that we're which we're witnessing a separation between the ego and and the spirit. So we're we're witnessing and we're witnessing that in society. So we're witnessing people start identifying in light and then we're witnessing a whole character or or classification of human that is witnessing only in the the carnal nature, only in the physical nature of this life and nothing to do with the light, nothing. So we're watching this separation. I'm calling it a peel away or an apartheid, a complete separation between um, you know, the the light energy and the dark energy. And and people are really embodying the dark energy and really embodying the light energy. And it's those in between, those who are are who I, I seek to get my message to, because if I can help this these people in between, because myself, I consider to be one of those in-betweeners for most of my life. And and I try to always lean towards the light, but I'm never perfect. I never get past the light. You know, I, I kind of flutter in and out of the light. And and I'll tell you, if we can reach out to those that are are making that decision now, share that light and love, um, 
show them grace, show them um, example of service and love, we can help influence them towards the light because there is going to be a point where, uh, and this is weird to say, but there will literally be a point on earth where you will go move. You will move where you live because of light or dark energy. You will move towards a light city or a light area, or you will move towards a dark energy area. And this has nothing, nothing to do with races or religions or any of that. Within these light areas, there, anybody can be there of all belief systems, all lifestyles, but it will be a belief system of loving and respecting all. And, and it will be a, a zero disrespect zone, essentially, mm-hmm. that these places become. And as they build this, as this just starts to come and starts to form, kind of like when you're panning for gold, eventually the, the slag washes out. The slag is all going to wash to these darker towns where they 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 go and live in their their animalistic carnal ways, and and this is the future of the planet. It's a fact. There's no no changing it. It's it, and there's and you know there's powers that be that think they can put all of us into the carnal side. They do. They believe that through technology they can keep all of us on the carnal side, but it's impossible. It's too late. It's too late with the with the beginning of of the release and 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 rollout of covid it has uh, really um began the wake up process for all of us and it's really funny that it began in 2020 because for us in in you know modern technology what does 2020 mean that's you know perfect vision it helps us get clarity on what really matters and i think if there's anything we all learned during 2020 it's that what matters to us mm-hmm. and to to dive into what's important to us. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where our future is. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. It was a huge awakening and uh, it's it's very exciting. I, I, uh, I know we only have a couple more minutes, but what are your recommendations about technology? I, I um, do, would you say, you know, throw it, throw it all in? I mean, you and I are talking on Zoom right now, so we're obviously using yeah. technology. So what so is your recommendation? I, I I would challenge you to recognize what technology is. Technology is a, a tool. So if a tool can be used to build a home, it can also be used to kill someone. So, you know, use the tool wisely. Use it how you, you consciously choose to use it. Here's the thing I don't recommend you ever do is just, just react to technology. That means, oh, you got a notification, hurry and respond. No, don't respond because you just got a notification respond consciously with everything you do and use technology within borders, limits, and windows. So, you know, give yourself some borders, some limits, some windows, but give yourself some outs too. So do technology fasts on a regular basis where you you completely step away just for a couple of days. And all that is to do is to make sure that you're in control. Because here's the thing, if you struggle to, to, to take technology and put it aside for two days, so go camping. Go somewhere where technology doesn't work. Um, do that for two, three days. If you can do that without problem, you are in a good space. But if you can't do that, you've got a problem. And that's where you start uh, needing to learn, hey, let's put up some, some borders, let's put up some rules and, and start following these to give yourself some strength around technology. Because again, it is a tool. Don't, don't, use, don't misuse it or abuse it. It'll hurt you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very wise words. Very wise words. It's a new addiction. <laughs> 
It is. It yeah. is. <laughs> and there's 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 addicts everywhere. Yeah. And it's a new distraction too. It, it really pulls us away from our own divine nature. It pulls us away from, you know, our creativity. We're not creating mm -hmm. when we're when we're doing this thing with the screens. Well, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you'd drive down any American street and you'd see a certain amount of people sitting up in front of their homes, just sitting. They're not looking at anything. They're just right. sitting, talking, chatting, taking deep, this deep, loving breaths, just relaxing. You, you hardly ever see that now. And it's because those people that used to be those people, they are now in their homes like this, you yeah. know, or on the TV. They, they, they're so distracted with the other things. So, you know, step away, go sit out front and, and enjoy nature. Yeah. I'm thinking about like a Sabbath, like, you know, the, mm -hmm. the Jewish tradition of Sabbath, at least yeah, Shabbat, from, there you right, go. one, one night for 24 hours, maybe just put all that technology away. That's, you know, that's those who, who, uh, uh, observe it strictly. That's what they do. So they can then come together as family and community and, and actually, you know, communicate like humans yeah yeah absolutely okay well Vinny, this is so fun i <laughs> i wish we had more time i really do yeah me too <laughs> it was so interesting i know you've got others to talk to but i i looked i i haven't read your book i look forward to reading it it looks like it's had really really great great response good reviews it there's a couple bad reviews that that it, it's interesting. I read their bio, like, who's saying this is bad? And it's people saying, yeah. this isn't biblical, or they, they don't like it because it doesn't exactly go with what they saw with the Bible. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's theirs to discern. That's theirs to figure out. Yeah, actually, I've, I've had ministers say, hey, can you shape your experience like this? And I'll have you talk to my congregation. And I, I've always had the same answer. Here's the thing. If it's not authentic, I can't do it. I just can't. Right. Because it's part of where I was taught I have to live. And in my authenticity, is it going to offend some people? Yes, it is. But in most people and majority, I say majority, it it really helps raise them up. It helps them connect. And, you know, you read some of those bad reviews. It's kind of funny. Um, I'm glad I get them because it means it's real. It means there's real people reading yes. this and digesting this. And I notice I I kind of I kind of flick in the, the eye, the ego of some people and and they start reading things about loving all these people and loving all these races. And of course, that is going to trigger some people, people that have been victimized by certain certain people or races even. They, they're going to sit there and think, oh, this guy is, he's nuts and whatever. But you know what? I would hate to get a good review from someone who felt that there was one class or creed of people that was less valuable than another. I don't want a good review from that person. I want them to give me zero stars. I would love to get zero stars from that person. And and so I, I I applaud those bad reviews. They help me know that there is real um, uh, conversation and understanding with my story and my experience. Good. That's a great great way of putting it. Um, I will have all your your links on the the podcast page and to your book and to your website and to anything else that you want. And I'm just so grateful that you spent this hour with me. Hey, thank you so much for for having me on. And uh, and yeah. May God bless you, your audience, and, and all of us on this planet. Yeah, God bless us, everyone. Yes. <laughs> Tiny Tim, all the way on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Vinny. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I now close the Spiritual Forum. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, you can let me know by leaving a positive rating and review on your favorite podcast app. 
or make a tax-deductible donation at thespiritualforum.org. The Spiritual Forum is a podcast, prayer, and retreat ministry affiliated with Unity Worldwide Ministries. Thank you again for being a part of the Spiritual Forum community. And remember, you are an amazing, divine, and powerful being. Thank you.